Everyone knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to the show, everybody. Once again, World Series of Poker down to the final nine. No longer the November November nine. nine. Yeah, it's so strange to Kinda say like that. Kind of like the uh, mid, mid, late, early, late July. Nine. <laughs> uh, I like the final nine. It. I like the final nine. That's fine. The coverage has been great. There's been a lot of it on ESPN or ESPN2. Of course, uh, if you have yeah. the Poker Go app, you can get... Just about as much as you want. I would have loved this, too, but my schedule has really interfered. My schedule and my regular job has really interfered with me having a chance to watch this. And I've watched a little bit when I've been off the tables on a break at at work. And uh, I don't know. I I think I would have found that very exciting. I would have really loved to know what the ratings are going to be on this. Yeah, kind of interested. It's kind of hard to tell maybe from the app uh, how many people are watching on Poker Go. But great uh, Commentary by the magician. Of course, they slip uh, Nick Schulman in there and Ali Najad occasionally, uh, depending on where you're watching it. Phil Helmuth has done a great job. negrano has been involved. Kara Scott, and then of course the old standbys, uh, Lon, Lon McCarran and uh, and uh, uh, the funny guy. I'm sorry, <laughs> blanking out on him. Norman, Norman Han- Chad. Norman, Norman Chad. Chad. Excuse me, I'm saying Norman Hand. I had Norman autographed. A uh, can of Pabst Blue Ribbon sitting on the table here for many, many uh, weeks and uh, always reminded me about him. But uh, Norman's a great guy, and I have uh, enjoyed his work. And I guess it gets a little uh, tedious sometimes if uh, you're not into his humor, but uh, I certainly have enjoyed it. And it's been a lot of fun. You can catch just about as much or as little as you want and stay up with it. But the, the characters this year are incredible. Uh, of course, we had some names that we were familiar with. Uh, Antoine Saoud is back at the final table now after uh, finishing there in 2009, finishing third that year. Uh, Michael Ruan, uh, I guess, is someone really That was really the guy I was with. really rooting for. To well, try you to... were so impressed the last couple of years with Mark Newhouse yes. coming, right, making back-to-back final tables. Uh, this year, Ruan had a good chance to do it. He finished in third place or fourth place last year. Right, and he and, bubbled. Uh, he bubbled this year at, at 10. So we're going to talk about the hand that really changed things for him as it was very critical. I got about three or four hands that were very uh, interesting that I want to talk about. Uh, I also want to talk about the characters and what we can expect uh, over the next couple of days. The 20th, 21st, 22nd, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday will be the final table with only two days rest. And I, I guess we'll start there, Joe. What uh, uh, I kind of... You know, kind of like the build-up. It was kind of a long time in between. This year, you only a couple days in between. Enough time for people to maybe arrange to get their fans to come out and fly out to Vegas and, and be there for the for the big day. But uh, also, it's right on the heels. A very short time in between what has been a, a marathon of five straight days playing all day long. Especially a guy like uh, John Hesp, who is 64 years old. You wonder... Uh, if this was is a bad situation for him coming back so quickly. Well, I, you know what he, I heard an interview where he talked about how he was missing his family. Yeah. You know, and everything else, but you know the adrenaline rush that you have to have to to make that final table and uh, know that you have a really shot at eight million and change. Um, I think will supersede any of that. I'm just curious to see the style of play. You know, we've seen some interesting play over the last few years with the November Niners, Dave. And, you know, 
a lot of these guys have had a chance to hire coaches, uh, the 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 pro players that have been in there that have had their friends and uh, you know put together different strategies as to how you're going to play. You get a chance to research your opponents, right. and you know you have a lot of time to prepare. It's almost like a fight, you know, <laughs> where you have many months to train for it, you know, to come in the best shape of your life uh, for the championship fight. And this is going to be a little different, you know. Uh, I remember speaking to a friend of mine who gave us Neil Blumenthal's Blumenfield, uh, yeah. excuse me, uh, his number, and how he told me that you know he worked with somebody to prepare for the final table. He wound up coming in third. So there isn't any of that now. There isn't any of that now. They're probably going through all the you know getting a little bit of rest, and then whatever publicity you know the WSOP is going to require of them to get set up for this final table starting tomorrow. So now that was Neil was not last year, but the year before was it not, or was it last no, year? No, I believe it was last year. Was it last year with him and Pierre Newville? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the fact that we have another old timer, I've been, I just wrote a story um, about the year of the old timer. I kind of. Uh, Use some information from a great story that was written by, uh, uh, I think her name is Kristen Cool, on uh, or Kim Cool. I'm sorry, her name on uh, Poker News. It's on there and uh, information about, you know, the the players who have made a big resurgence this year that maybe we hadn't heard of for several years and that sort of thing. Plus a few older guys that are showing up on the scene like John Hesp. But uh, you know, you get a guy like that uh, that's just kind of captivated the audience. Just a great character, has the colorful jacket on, and I want to oh, talk about Neil him a little had, bit later. Wasn't Neil with the uh, Neil had the, the fedora, the, the fedora and everything. But else. also, you know, you, you figure Neil Blumenfield made about three million dollars, and whether he ever does anything again, I don't think we're going to forget him. And uh, no, we won't. It's kind of ironic that our chip leader uh, going into the final nine is Scott Bloomstein. So. Uh, I, although I heard him also called Blumstein, so I'm not sure the exact pronunciation, but we'll find out, I guess, uh, tomorrow. But um, just uh, the the mark that you make. Now, I got look, look down this list, and I mentioned uh, Saud and uh, Michael Ruan, and uh, Ben Lamb, of course, is obviously a, a pretty much a household right. name from his appearances at the at the November 9, uh, his one appearance. Uh, Brian Piccioli, a lot of people know him. But if you look down this list of, like, the final 27, there was really just a handful of guys that we had heard of before two weeks ago. Right, but uh, the excitement, I think the excitement of this year, though, Dave, is with 70-odd players left. No, I'm talking about with 70-something players left. left, You know, you had two of last year's November Niners making a strong run with with Michael and Kenny Hallard. Right. Okay? There there was a chance that you could have two November Niners from last year, you know, duplicating what Mark Newhouse did. Right. You had uh, Marcel Lusk uh, Lusk in there. I hadn't heard his name. Hadn't heard of him for uh, five years, maybe, at least. You know, uh, Ben Lamb. Uh, one of the interesting characters for me, I mean, granted, is not unknown, was uh, I think it's Damian Salas from Argentina, yeah. who's on Nova, who's a finalist, and he's, you know, he was the chip leader, I think, after day four, constantly stayed up there, and then took his hits, as as is as it is in poker, that you kind of go through the ebbs and flows, and you know, winds up, you know, making the final table, right. making the, the being one of the final nines, and I don't know, I found it a lot more interesting 
this year because of because of those stories like you said there wasn't a lot of but you know when when i i follow this more because like i said my schedule didn't allow me to see a lot on the tv so i'd go to the wsop.com and get the updated stories and here read some of the hands and everything else you know and i kind of like the fact that when someone takes the lead to see if they can hold on to it see if they're a good front runner see if they know what to do with those chips and being that it was an unknown for for the most part you know i I was kind of rooting for him, and then, you know, as as the days kept going by and by and by, and you see Michael Rand, Kenny Hallett in there, last year's two November Niners, you know, that's such an amazing feat. That really is. I mean, we we kept talking about what Mark Newhouse did, right? And and I'm sure he's disappointed that he came in ninth both times, but. You know, I saw an interview on, on ESPN with Michael Rand, how, you know, obviously the money he won last year, you know, was life-changing for him. And he picks up another 825000 yeah, I think exactly. it was, yes. for, for being the bubble boy. So, you know, I don't know. I found it to be a lot more exciting uh, this year, following it like that and knowing that some of it was on TV and seeing a few of those hands on TV when I had a little break at work since uh, a lot of the poker players were asking for it. So I don't know how you feel about it, Dave, but I, I found it m- more exciting this year the way the yeah. way it was set up. Really enjoyed it and uh, watched a good bit of it. And, of course, we'll watch over the next uh, few nights as we uh, play from nine players to six. On uh, Thursday night, we play from six to three on Friday night, and then they'll finish up for a title on Saturday night. Uh, all that will be on ESPN, so I'm looking forward to seeing some of that. Uh, looking at the chip counts heading into the final table, and there is a, quite a discrepancy between the top two and the rest of the field, uh, so that will make things interesting. Scott Bloomstein at 97 million chips is the chip leader, and John Hesp, the 64-year-old Brit from Bridlington, is at 85 million, so that's 12 million back. Then you drop down to 30-something million, Yeah, 35 right? million for third-place Benjamin Pollock from France, Brian Pacioli, the American, uh, is at $33.8 million. Dan Ott, who has a twin brother that played in the main event, Dylan. Uh, Dan is at $26.4 million. Damian Salas uh, from Argentina, the first Argentine player to make the, the, the final table, is at $22.1 million. Uh, also, $21.75 is Antoine Saoud, the Frenchman who uh, finished third in 2009, as we mentioned. Jack Sinclair is a Canadian who, uh, or I'm sorry, not the Canadian, a uh, Brit, Brit who is, uh, uh, was holding the chip lead at one point and was really running over the table at one point with lots of bluffs, and eventually they kind of caught on to him, and he went from about 60-some million down to his current 20 million, 20.2 million. So he's in eighth place in chips after being the chip leader for much of day seven. Well, listen, when you're that aggressive, sooner or later somebody's going to take a stand against you yeah. because they know this guy can't have the goods every single time. And, you know, once once the fear factor leaves and the anger factor comes in, <laughs> like you're going, I'm going to snap this SOB, you know. And, I, again, I don't know if he was called or re-raised. Well, I want to talk about hands. one of his hands, the, the hand actually that Scott Bloomstein took a big lead. It was a huge $62 million pot chip, okay. uh, chip, chip pot. So that would give him uh, about 60-something percent of his stack <laughs> right now was in yeah. that pot. Well, exactly. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to finish out. The, the, the ninth place right now is Ben Lamb, who uh, was up near the top of the chip counts for a long time, but finished uh, at 18 million. He's the short stack. So but with still has million, something you can you're, do you're, something with that, you're, right? You're a little over 5-1, to one, but you know it just takes a couple of double-ups, two double-ups, 
or even chipping up and then doubling up. You know, you you move up to 27, 28, 29 million and then get a double up and and you take it from one of the chip leaders. There's a lot of play still still here, you know. The, now now the blind structure I, I don't remember what level they left, but they've got to be somewhere somewhere around 600,000. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have that 300,000, 600,000. What, what, where are they I, at? I'll look it up in a minute okay. but here but when we talk about a couple of hands. But um, I, I saw an interview with Ben Lamb, and he said uh, he talked about how last year he got knocked out on the f day one about less than two hours into day one uh, when he tried to bluff with pocket threes. Uh, someone else had a set, I think, and uh, – he, he said he posted a sign in his room uh, that said, uh, don't bluff your chips away, stupid. Okay. And uh, really kind of uh, took a little different tack this year. Uh, aggressive player, but, uh, again, you know, there's a time to be aggressive and a time to pull back. Exactly. And, and you know, day one is not a, t a point where, you know, we've heard a lot of the experts that have come on our show tell us you can't win. You can only lose the tournament on day one. Right. You can't win it on day one. So, and I know these guys want to accumulate chips, but, you know, wh why take a chance when, when you know, <laughs> with pocket pair of threes? That's probably why he put that sign up there. He was probably kicking himself in the ass the whole time yeah, last absolutely. year. Going, I'm much better than this. And this, that was a good sign. Look, yeah, he's made the absolutely. final table, even if he is the ninth. Absolutely. And uh, I want to talk about a couple of these hands, talk about the players a little bit more from what I was able to uh, to surmise from some of the watching that I did, uh, of course, there's lots of great stories out there. We we, we talked off the air that uh, uh, Natasha Mercier had a pretty good tournament, uh, finished 803, yeah. 800. Yeah, she's third. got the bragging rights in the house this yeah, year on the main event. Better than She'll Jason. turn to Jason and go, where did you finish? Did you make the money? But, you know? again, you know, she made 18000 or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure she had a lot. Uh, you know, people, hey, they, they, make, they make decent money, but... You know, you're very dis very disappointed when you when you get eliminated like that. Well, someone like Natasha, you know, who who's who has you know very nice career earnings herself, uh, being you know being married to Jason, one of the top five poker players right now for over the last ten years probably. Uh, yeah, they're not looking for a min cash, you know, but still, you know. You're upset, but you're kind of. I, I I would imagine that there's a little bit of relief, you know, saying, "Well, listen, I I fought long and hard for all these days, and at least I made the money." Right, exactly. You know, it, and you gotta. I, at least myself, I would think I would want to take away whatever, you know, positive I could from the tournament. Yeah, uh, Ben Lamb's quote was, uh, "You play in a seven thousand player field, and to make the final table, obviously the odds are staggering." Uh, I don't care if you're 10 times better than the second best player in the world. The odds are staggering to make the final table once, let alone twice. And for him, six years in between. But uh, uh, for uh, Ruan would have been back-to-back -back years. And, of course, uh, Newhouse did it. And uh, six years in between, we, Saud, too. Listen, we've had players come back to the final table early on in, this, in, the, in, the, in the history of the WSOP main event. But, you know, the fields were a lot smaller. To do this with these numbers, yeah, you right. know, we. I remember the first one that I was most impressed with was uh, the Fossilman, Greg Raymer. Right. You know, winning it and then coming back the following year and finishing either 24th or 25th. I thought that was amazing. And then when Mark Newhouse did it, you know, back to back, look. And now this year we were, you know, we were one spot away from it happening again just a couple of years later. Right. So, 
I think that's a testament to how great these poker players are, you know, to, to wade through these fields. I mean, you know, you, you just mentioned Ben Lamb bluffing away his stack, you know, two hours into the tournament. Forget about bluffing your stack. How about running into what Vanessa Selps ran into when you when you have yeah, a yeah, like yeah, an ace through yeah. seven flop and and you flop top set with you know with aces and you know you you think you've got your opponent on the hook to double up real quick and and they hit a set of sevens and and get quads on the turn so you, it, the field is like a landmine Dave you got yeah, you got to be very careful where you step and you know uh, guys that led the were chip leaders and you're thinking wow this uh, they seem to be a shoe in to make the final table a guy like Christian Pham. Uh, was the chip leader with 27 players left, got eliminated in 19th place, uh, ran into a couple of hands and, and got knocked out. Uh, you know, people moved up from short stacks and, and got it. And you had a guy, uh, Scott Stewart, knocked out in 13th place. Looks like he was right out of Duck Dynasty, you know. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, really interesting characters. Uh, a couple of funny things. He got up and chugged a beer, you know, at one point of the th thing. And that was the heavy set guy yeah. with the big beard. Yeah, I remember I was going, yeah, this guy looks like he belongs on Duck Dynasty. Yeah, there right. was some very interesting stuff going on. Just to clarify, um, Wednesday night, um, the 19th, there'll be a final table preview show on at 10 o'clock on ESPN2. And the first uh, of the of the final table will be on the 20th. I mentioned 9 p.m. That's Eastern time. It's 6 p.m. Vegas time. That will be also on ESPN2. Oh, I might get a chance then if I can get out by 9.30, 10 o'clock. Yeah, uh, I could probably catch, if depending how quickly they get eliminated, yeah, I might well, be able to catch some of that. I think it's going to last for a while, but I uh, could be wrong. But... Um, Friday the 21st, 9 p.m., it's on ESPN, regular of the mothership. And uh, Saturday will be the conclusion from day three down to day one. Okay, I'm going to take a little bit early break in the show. I do want to mention one thing before we go to break. Uh, I got a letter from uh, an email from one of our listeners uh, who has written me in the past, Charles Farrar. Uh, we appreciate uh, the hard work that he did on, on something that's obviously a kind of a passion for him, and that's following the local poker scene in South Florida. We don't have time to get to it tonight, but... Uh, all the numbers came out uh, through the end of June, which is the end of the fiscal year. So you right. have a whole year of stats to compare right. with. And you can years. go back years and you Absolutely. know because I remember we used to always look at those numbers on a monthly basis. Yeah, if you work in the business or you're a media person, you might go to that site several times, uh, you know, maybe a couple times a month and check on things. Forget uh, about for media stories. People, you want to see what your what your competition is yeah, doing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Too, I mean, if you're in the business, for sure you're going to look at that. But a lot of people that play, you know, don't even know about it. But here's a guy that, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a passion for him to study and see what's happened over the last five years since uh, the handcuffs came, or actually six years now since the handcuffs came off uh, poker rooms here in Florida, and to study study the South Florida rooms and see how they've done over the last few years. And and you kind of can just tell by playing at these places and looking at it. You knew the aisle was down, but to see some of the numbers is a little uh, a little sobering, you know, to see what happens. There are some down, and, and there's an explanation. I mean, not to say there's an explanation. There's uh, reasons for this, maybe an explanation for it. Um, if you like, I've, I started already looking at some of those numbers, yeah. and I could put, you know, I could tell you what, how, why I believe certain numbers have have gone in in that direction. Well, we'll, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about this next week when we have a little more time and Joe has a chance to peruse some of it ahead of time. But we'll talk about some of the rooms where they've been. Uh, I've been working down at uh, Florida City for the last uh, couple of weeks, and they have a room open down there. I work in a high life facility, which is uh, started with this uh, 
plexiglass court, and it's kind of interesting and uh, been fun, and I've been calling some games down there. But their six-table room is open and done pretty well so far, so we'll talk about that as well next week. Uh, let's take a break on the show. When we come back, we'll look at a couple of hands from uh, the late action in the main event. We'll look at some of the players, and uh, we'll get some jo Joe's thoughts on who we think might win this thing and uh, look ahead to the next few days of the main event. You're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you from South Florida, and we'll be back uh, after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. What is that? Oh, that? It's my time machine. Does it work? Sure. Just hit this button. Whoa, dinosaurs. Cool. Or we can go here. Hey, that's Napoleon. Me. Or we can go to the future. Wow. Hey, you have this nice house. Do I have a nice house? No, you didn't save any money, always spent it on vacations and stuff. If only there was a way I could go back in time and correct that bad habit. Yep. Okay, the time machine is not real, but the saving thing is. Get in the habit of putting some of your money in savings each week through a 401k, savings account, or financial investments. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy tips on saving, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. What does this crazy little button do? Wait, no! This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Back on the program, Big Dave and Joe. As we talk poker here, main event. I didn't get a chance to go this year, by the way. Uh, uh, did pick up some extra work on the side here for the summer months and uh, moved into a new apartment, needed to get a little extra work in. So uh, <laughs> kind of took my time away from traveling out there this year. But uh, I've been out the last couple of years and um, disappointed that I couldn't be there because it is a really cool atmosphere and it is a great place to network with players and line up guests for the rest of the year and that sort of thing. But, of course, we'll have a lot of big-name players here in South Florida during August when the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open comes back to South Florida, and uh, plenty of other things as well coming in the fall. So we'll work on some of that. Uh, also want to get back uh, to Kristen Wilson of uh, Poker Refugees, do a show on what online players now are doing. I mean, it was big in the news years ago when uh, it first happened and players were making <coughs> a living playing online, trying to decide how they could keep that going. But uh, there's still players uh, going out of the U.S. to play poker. Yeah. And, and whether if something happens in Pennsylvania, as we talked about last week, or, or one of the other places, there's still a lot to do. Yeah, let me tell you, Dave. It was an inconvenience for the top poker pros who were making a lot of money. But uh, eventually they either, you know, moved north, south, <laughs> and uh, went somewhere where, where online poker was right. uh, legal. Uh, you know, what's what's really sad still with this is that uh, a lot of Americans, a lot of people here in the United States who were playing and making a living out of it, whether it was a big living or a small one, uh, who have either limited access to casinos because of distance and, 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 
and everything else or physical disabilities these are the people who have really suffered from uh from you know from what the doj has done right by the way just to mention uh, mark newhouse that was 2013 and 2014 which is amazing how much time goes by yeah. when you yeah when but we're talking only three years so you know uh, 15 went by he wasn't in it and then 16 Rand makes it and, and and Hallard and now they almost came back in 17 to 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 you know follow that up. Yeah, it's exactly. A, it really was exciting to me in that part. The third largest field in uh, main event history, 7,221. Uh, far cry from the 8773 back in 2006, but uh, the biggest since 2010. Uh, and I think that's the significant yeah, number exactly. right there, Dave. That it's the biggest one since 2010, which is when all of this started, right, with the Black Friday. Uh, one of the things I saw, which was kind of interesting, looking at numbers, uh, that although we had these uh, fields up every year, there was a uh, something like 347 players between the ages of 21 and 25, which surprised me. That's very small, and not a good sign for the future, I don't think. What the, really? That that's how you yeah. had, that was the total number of 21 to 25s. Yeah, at the main event this year. And yet, and yet the field went up. Right. And yet the field went up. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, that's something they have to sit down and analyze those numbers because, yeah, you would think, you know, off the top of your head, that's not a good number, but that may just let you know that, you know, people who are backing some of these younger players, because I can't believe all these young 21-year-old, 22-year-olds have 10,000 at the ready to just spend on a tournament, um, you know. The backing may have changed. People who are backers may be playing themselves like Cliff Joseph he did last year, you know, who plays in these tournaments and backs some of these people. Uh, yeah, that, that number seems very low to me. I yeah. thought I would have easily have thought that number was going to reach at least 1,000, if not more. Now, the uh, per percentage of uh, female participation in the whole series was, was very good this year, 5.4%, which is up a little bit. How much in the main But in event? the main, it was under 4 uh, again, so that was down this year for women playing. What was it last year? There was five. I think around four, but uh, it was like three point seven percent, or this year it's three point six. So like four percent there would be roughly about two hundred and ninety yeah. players. Yeah. And females, and if we but only they're in a bigger field this year, a smaller percentage. Uh, yeah. So maybe about the same number. Yeah. So about two hundred and ninety women entered the main event. Uh, if it's four percent, give or take. But they set all kinds of records. The most entrance in, uh, in entries in uh, World Series of poker history over over almost 121,000 players. Uh, you know, big numbers. There was uh, several tournaments uh, with fields over 4,000. In fact, uh, eight different events had over 4,000 players. So, part of that's a result of adding a couple of events like the Giant and uh, you know having uh, the Colossus uh, you know skew some of the numbers, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great uh, appearance here. Uh, John Raisner catched 17 times, which is pretty awesome. Yes, it but is. the player who is leading the player of the year race is Chris Jesus Ferguson, also with 17 caches. Uh, looks like, since there's nobody close to him that's still alive, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably going to win it. Uh, it's not locked, but it's it's pretty close. So who who on the final table? I, you know, I, I was trying to right, figure that out. You know, I'm thinking I, who on the final table could overcome him. You know, with the player yeah. of the year points. So. Yeah, maybe Brian Pacioli had a couple of good performances. Possibly he's the closest. But um, you know, guys are setting records all over the place. Uh, Phil Helmuth, 
uh, has now 126 career caches. Uh, Daniel Negranu and Men the Master both past the 100 mark of career caches. And, uh, you know, a lot of great stuff out there, I'll and tell it's you, fun to watch. Another story, I think, uh, that no one is that Phil Ivey didn't enter the main event. Yeah, that was a little surprising. You know, and uh, I... He had said he planned to, but... You know, and, and with him having 10 bracelets, you know, and, and having been a a, a, uh, <laughs> a final nine table in the main event, I, you know, you, you figured he'd be coming after this. Try to give it another shot. So that's interesting that he didn't enter this tournament. Uh, the United States, uh, out of the 121,000, had 94,000 plus of the entries, which you can always figure. Canada was second, and the United Kingdom third. Uh, China had tenth uh, place in number of entrants, 696. And we know that there's going to be a big boom in China for poker over the next few years, and we'll see how many of those people travel to the United States and if some of the travel opens up a little bit. We'll see what happens with that. Anyway, I uh, did want to take a look at uh, a couple of hands here. So we'll, uh, we'll start with uh, the, the hand that I mentioned Sinclair uh, having the chip lead and kind of going down the ranks when people start to figure out that he was bluffing a lot of the time. There was a hand uh, at the time, Scott uh, Blumstein uh, was second to John Hesp in chips. John Hesp, the 64-year-old uh, from Great Britain, uh, and Jack Sinclair. Uh, going down the list a little bit. Uh, but uh, at the time, uh, Bloomstein had the lead and was in the cutoff. Uh, Hesp raised from the hijack to $1.6 million. Uh, Bloomstein called, and Sinclair three-bet to $5.4 million from the big blind. Uh, when it came back around, Hesp decided to fold. He had King-9 suited, uh, but folded. Blumstein called and was holding, by the way, pocket 10s. Uh, so I, I want you to kind of play this hand in your head uh, from Jack Sinclair's uh, viewpoint. Okay. Um, you know, up there in the chips, the flop uh, is uh, three of spades, seven of clubs, nine of diamonds. Okay. Rainbow board, nothing Rainbow big Rainbow nine high. Right. Uh, you bet four million as Jack Sinclair. Uh, Bloomstein calls. The turn is the six of spades. Okay. So think about what's out there. Uh, Sinclair bets seven point five million. Uh, so you, you if Bloomstein if Bloomstein calls me, I'm immediately putting him on an over pair, and you'd have to try to put him on tens or jacks. Okay, that would be my guess because anything higher than that, I think he he would have he would have originally raised, and and they'd have gone back into a raising war. I would imagine. Right, uh, but Bloomstein calls. Uh, the river comes out. It's the ace of clubs. Now, does that slow you down a little bit, thinking, you know, maybe he's holding ace the whole well, time, hanging in listen, there? Listen, if, if put it this way, I just finished telling you before you told me that scenario that I'm putting my opponent on tens or jacks. You know, the other hand that I think I could put him on was, you know, maybe a set of sevens, set of sixes, you know, when the when the turn card came. But those are the four hands that I'd be looking to put him on. Now, if I'm and if I'm Strong on my read of tens or jacks, that ace is a very good card for me because I've been representing a very strong hand by nonstop betting. Right. So the ace should be a very good card for 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 him, you know, if if he's reading through through his reads that way. Well, this was a kind of extended tank uh, after Sinclair bets out thirteen million. 
And Blumstein takes uh, a lot of time talking about it, saying, you know. Uh, Has he been now? Listen, again, being being that I have not seen how this hand played out and everything else, you told me this gentleman was bluffing a lot. Was he showing his bluffs? Uh, or we were just seeing it on I don't the know. TV. I don't know about that. You know, because if he was yeah, showing his point. bluffs, you know, there I, comes, I, I think, there comes I, a I think point. he was that he was showing his sometimes. bluffs sometimes. Well, this comes a point for Scott where he's going. Well, you know, either he's got me in a perfect position to take my chips, or 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 you know, he's he has stepped on his thing there, uh, trying to trying to steal this pot. Uh-huh. Um, Again, you having told me that this man had been bluffing a lot, had been very aggressive. Um, he didn't slow down on any of you know on the on the flop, the turn, or the ri- and obviously the river brings the ace. If it comes down to Scott, can this guy have been doing this with a king queen, with a smaller pocket pair? Well, one of the things he said was, well, could he possibly be holding five eight and maybe had a straight uh, I, know, to I, bet this thirteen make this thirteen million dollar bet? Does he have an ace? Uh, so he went in the tank. He could have had pocket eights. You know, I don't know what this man had, so don't tell me yet. I'm just trying to figure this out. If I'm going to make that call, you know, obviously you can't put your opponent on an ace there. You know, my my guess would have been he had king-queen or he had a small pocket pair, and you're hoping he didn't get a set. Okay. Well, the $13 million and the call by Blumstein when he finally decides uh, holding the pocket tens uh, brings the pot up to $62 million, which okay. is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, so Sinclair did muck, but we knew what he had, obviously, because we're watching uh, what's happening. Uh, Blumstein put his tens out and scooped the pot, but Sinclair was holding jack of diamonds, four of hearts. Wow, so he had real garbage. Yeah. So he did have a gut shot uh, straight draw um, when, the six, came out, when had, the six came out on the he turn. He had nothing on the flop. You know, he was just trying to bully the table. Yeah. You know. And they had finally caught up to him, obviously. So uh, Once the six came out, you know, uh, the, the original flop was what, 9-7 deuce? 9-7 uh, tray. Okay, so he had an inside draw for, for with a five that would have given him the straight to the seven. Right. Or the jack to... To 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 beat his tens, right? So, uh, I, wow! So that had to have cost him thirty something million yeah, in, in chips. Exactly. Yeah, went way down there, and uh, he was able to recover somewhat. And ends with twenty million, but uh, certainly not the dominant character that he was at the table for quite some time. No, and that takes a lot of air out of your balloon there, <laughs> Big Dave. And you've lost all those chips, you know. Uh, he didn't want to surrender at the end there. He thought a big bet would would get it to him. He actually caught the perfect card for him to try to make that bluff. Right. You know, and he did put the pressure on Scott with that kind of a bet, you know. So, uh, you know, aggressive play. And like I said, when you constantly be, you know, an aggressive. Listen, last year, and, uh, Gwyn was like that, very aggressive at that final table. Uh, but he was coached up to do that to become that aggressive through the four-month waiting period. If people are wondering a little about the chip leader, he's 25 years old from Morristown, New Jersey. That's a beautiful town, An East Coast tournament grinder, and uh, he had told one of his friends before the tournament, uh, Chris Horder, he said, uh, I'm going to skip all of the SOP except for the main, and I'm going to win it. (laughs) Well, so. So this is before the tournament starts, which is kind of uh, interesting, but uh, he's been playing professionally for about four years. 
Uh, he won a big tournament at the Borgata uh, sometime back for close to 200000 So that's two-thirds of his tournament winnings. So he has not done a lot in the, in the game. Of course, he'll be a household name probably well, for some Well, time. he's guaranteed at the very least that million. So uh, that's impressive. That is impressive for a 25-year-old. And to say that up, up front, that was, uh, you know, well, like I said, this is going to be interesting final table. I have a feeling this is going to be very, very interesting final table. Yeah, it should be fun. And I think the action is going to be a lot more interesting than last year due to the fact that they're, they, you know, they have such a short window in between the, you know, getting to the final nine and getting restarted tomorrow. The other player I wanted to talk about was John Hesp. Who uh, I was looking at some comments uh, on some of the sites, and and uh, you know I didn't watch a lot of his play closely, but I got he's kind of an orthodox, uh, just basically a, a recreational player that played uh, in a home game, a fifty cent dollar home game every other Friday night, and that was his main source of poker for a long time. He has played at a casino in Hull, UK. Uh, he's 64 years old. He wore the, the multicolored jacket now. That's nothing new for us because we've had Tom Schneider on the show who had the loudmouth jackets. <laughs> they are really crazy. This looks almost like a jacket that was kind of, uh, you know, stitched together, stitched together, together with some together. curtains. <laughs> and uh, maybe It looks like a quilt more than a jacket. Yeah, more like a fabric from a couch or something. But uh, really an interesting guy and has uh, made a huge impact on this one uh, uh, said that, you know, hey, I, this the main reason I, I play poker is because I just like people. Everybody's an individual. I like playing with nice people, and there's lots of nice people here, which is uh, refreshing. And it's great to have this. We enjoyed this with Neil last year and the other gentleman who I can't remember his name who was 70 uh, years Pierre old. Pierre Newville. Newville. And uh, so it just tells you these interest stories are very good, and I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, these next few days, as we get, as we eventually get to a winner. But his lifetime earnings, uh, tournament earnings, two thousand two hundred dollars, a little over that. Well, he's he's got slightly <laughs> more than that. Yeah, now. he's going to bring home at least a million, even if he gets knocked out quick. But he's second in chips, so you know this could be a major payday. He said it's not really about the money for me; it's about the challenge. He said obviously the money's going to be useful. I'll probably spoil the wife and family when I get home with some treats, but. Uh, my wife has been kind enough to let me come here, so I'll probably take her on a holiday. <laughs> Good but a great story for him. Uh, I did see a lot of criticism of him, that he was a terrible player and this sort of thing. He's just been very lucky with the cards. Uh, so I want to talk about one of the hands that kind of led people maybe to think this. Um, let's see. It's uh, It was at a point where he had the $25 million. Sinclair was the leader at $75 million at the time. And uh, Hesp raised in the cutoff to uh, $1.2 million, and uh, Sinclair called from the big blind. And also Pedro Oliveira, who was still at that time, had uh, King Ford of Diamonds, and he was in the big blind, so he called as well. There was a three-way flop, Jack of Diamonds, five of clubs, four of spades. So Jack high with a rainbow. And it was checked through, and the eight of diamonds did appear on the turn. Uh, Sinclair bet 1.8 million. Oliveira called, and Hesp raised to 4 million. Sinclair called, and then Oliver Oliveira uh, dropped out, uh, folded his hand. Uh, so the river comes a two of clubs, uh, meaning that uh, Hesp shows his hand. He did not bet. Uh, he did not lead out. He checked, and Sinclair checked, and. And uh, Hesp had a chance maybe to make some big money because he was holding pocket jacks. So he had top set, 
Uh, Sinclair, incidentally, had uh, Ace Jack offsuit. He would have called. A, uh, he would have called. Yeah, so I think there. so. So that was uh, a play, and, and the comment. You know, people were going. Uh, the announcer said, "Wow, you know, uh, you know, Johnny, come on, you know, you gotta, you gotta make a dent with that one." But his comment at the table was, "I'm not going to be greedy right now." Uh, you know, whatever he's doing seems to be working for him. He's got ninety-five thousand in chips. He's only three million. I mean, ninety-five million. He's only three million behind the chip leader. So, you know. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, is it He's an it, amateur player. Yeah, exactly. He's an amateur player. He's playing a field poker. You know, he's feeling it. And for whatever reason, I mean, with that board, he had no reason not to bet. But, you know, uh, I mean, oh, and granted, when the deuce hit, there could have been a straight out there. But, you know, it's hard to put your opponent on a 3-6 or, or an ace-3 there. <laughs> That he would have that right. he would have hit the the straight with. So okay, a couple more hands to go. Let's take another break on the show, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Uh, a couple more hands. I want to talk about a big hand that got Brian Pacioli into the uh, final nine, and also the hand that prevented Michael Ruan from making that final nine. So we'll uh, we'll talk about those when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Don't forget, get us on SoundCloud. You got to download a great app. Uh, SoundCloud, we're very readily available on that one. Of course, Stitcher still carries us all the time. And uh, Hold'em Radio, uh, the Hold'em Radio Network is uh, offering us up every week in a very nice position, and we appreciate everything they've done for us as well. We'll be back with more of the show, and we can return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us and the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because usually, man, we did something absolutely amazing. 
NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Final, well, not final segment. This is uh, Poker Action Line. Uh, we got one more break still to come. So uh, this segment, we also want to talk about uh, a couple of hands, uh, including two that uh, involve Brian Pacioli. If you're familiar with him, he uh, is from Allegheny, New York, now lives in San Diego, 28 years old. And uh, as it turns out, uh, really good friends with uh, Michael Ruan, who he was able to eliminate uh, to make the final table. But I wanted to talk about one of his earlier hands that really he wouldn't have been around if it was uh, not for some uh, fortunate stuff. And uh, it was earlier. He was playing against Antoine Saoud, had uh-huh. 8.7 million chips, and the leader, chip leader at the time, had 58 million. So you're getting a little short stack. You've got to make something happen. He had pocket eights, yep. pushed all in, and uh, Antoine Saoud had 35.4 million and called with ace four. Uh, offsuit. Uh, out came the flop, ace, ace nine. So <laughs> Saoud, obviously, in tremendous uh, shape there. Um, Pacioli's chances at the time, 7%. And uh, Queen came on the turn, so now Which it looks even that, worse. Brought that percentage even further yeah, down. Yeah, down to five. Uh, as it turns out, there's really just uh, one card that will save him. and it's Two uh, cards. He's got two Well, eights. there's two eights out there. But to get one of them, he needs to win. And the eight comes out on the river. So eventually uh, he was able to, so with the obvious double up there, he was able to hang in there and uh, make it to the final table. And Enders, uh, he'll be, be in seat eight tonight. and Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, I should say, as we do the show here. And, uh, you know, uh, give him a good chance. Uh, hang Listen, in you, you need to win some of those hands. I guarantee you if we, we go through the history of this just this tournament this year, you're going to see a, something similar to that. Uh, that would have either put some one of these other players all in. You remember Joe McKeon yes. last year talking about a hand that he needed. A, I don't remember if it was a king or a queen that he pulled out for the straight, you know, when they were down to either in the teens or 20-something players. And, you know, the, somehow you, you hopefully Brian could take this and ride that, you know, that two-outer that he hit on the river, uh, you know, to to a championship. But, you need to have some luck, Dave, when you when yeah. you play in these types of tournaments. You know, you need to suck out or you need to be the one sucking out on other people to eventually win this tournament. Right. Uh, he got to the to the final ten, uh, Michael Ruan, obviously trying to make history. And I have not seen this hand because you said okay. you were going to read about it, so I have purposely not looked up how he lost this hand or what happened. So okay. Well, Ruan has $17.3 million left. He's in middle position. And... Uh, uh, just about the same number of chips for, for Pacioli. In fact, he had l- just less than, than Ruan, so Ruan had him slightly covered uh, at that point. And uh, Ruan moved all in, holding ace-king, uh, ace of hearts, king of diamonds. Okay. Uh, Pacioli was, had a pocket tens, uh, right. ten of clubs, ten of spades, and the flop, Came down. Uh, so he called. This was pre-flop. They pre-flop, both got, both it, got all it all in. in. Yeah, flop came down. Uh, jack of hearts, seven of diamonds, five of diamonds. So uh, Ruan uh, has a backdoor flush if he goes runner-runner. Had some uh, possible straights, too. And uh, until the six of clubs comes on the turn. 
So uh, obviously he needs an ace or king, and he didn't get it. The river was a seven of hearts. So that doubled up Pacioli and eliminated. Who, and they're good friends, by the way. I don't know if uh, you knew that. No, I did not. But he has to decide, and it probably felt bad. You know, he obviously wants to make the Nova, the final nine, but he has a good friend there. But uh, the competition is uh, obviously more important, and it knocked uh, uh, Ruan down to two big two big blinds, less yeah, than two big blinds. Probably out on the next hand or the. Hand uh, I after. think it went the second hand after that. I think he ran into Damian Salas had uh, pocket jacks, and he had like a six, and it didn't. Uh, didn't yeah, once well, you've lost that, you're just figuring, okay. It's time time for me to, to get my money and go home. But I guess that begs the question, you know, uh, relationships, uh, whether they're good friends. Uh, we know we talked about the Mizrahi brothers at the final There's table. nothing more than that when one knocked out the other, you know. Or if someday Jason and Natasha uh, go against each other in the final table. We've, what's the uh, We've also had husbands feelings, and sir? wives or boyfriends and girlfriends. Remember that we had that one year in the main event where With they Doc were like 27 and 26 yeah. in, the time that, yeah. in the final 27th. So... You listen. How do you overlook those personal relationships you, there? You you have to because you can't enter this tournament and then both of you go very, very, very deep and there's gonna come a point where you're gonna face you know, where where if everybody if if everything goes according to plan, you're gonna meet on the final table or somewhere along the way to get there. And you can't look at that person. People will see that. And if you're a professional you know, as Michael Ruan is known now, and and Brian Piccoli, you you don't want to you know have the be reproached about anything that that looks like you know you're you're favoring a friend there. Right. You have to play it like, hey, uh, you know, I don't know this person. This is a person who's sitting at the table. You know, when you play poker, you're not supposed to have any friends at the table. Right. Plain and simple. That's that's the that's what you have to live by. You know, you become friends once you get up off the table. You care about them. You can love them to death. But when you're, when we're sitting at the table, you know, as much as you like or love that person that's across from you, they're an opponent. They're trying to take your chips. You got to play like you want to take theirs. And you know, there's no mercy. <laughs> there's, there's uh, no taking prisoners. You, to win this tournament, you got to have all the chips at the end. So if there's anybody flying in under the radar here in the final table, it'll probably be Benjamin Pollock with 35 million chips in third place. But we haven't seen too much from him. Uh, Dan Ott also kind of a quiet player. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But the nine is set, and uh, they will go at it beginning on Thursday night at well, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Let me tell you something. This, this, you know, with the quality of play that we see with, you know, with the type of player that Ben Lamb is, you know, even though he is the, at the bottom of the of the rung with what seventeen million, give or take seventeen, right. eighteen million, do not count him out. Yeah, you can't. You can't really. This uh, gentleman from Argentina, you know, has played very good poker since day four to make it to the final table. You know, playing his big stack, and you know, those are the two that I would put. And then obviously with. Um, um, I, I, you'll forgive me. I have trouble pronouncing his name. The November Saud. Saud, you know, having knowing what it's like to get to this to this point, as as does the, uh, Ben Lamb with the deep runs he's made and making it to a November, making it to a final nine. You know, <clears throat> it didn't give uh, Mark Newhouse much, but I think he he was overly aggressive 
that second time there. Yeah. You know, especially being third in chips, he 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 became very aggressive there. I'm sure he'll tell you that. Um, so those are the three players out of the nine that I'd like to right. you know see see how they play going forward and see if they make it to to the second day when they're down to six players. Too bad we don't have Scott Stewart in there. Uh, the story Kenny was, Hallard also. Yeah, but the story was that Stewart ordered a beer, chugged it right in front of the ESPN camera, and the crowd cheering him on, shouting USA, USA. <laughs> Uh, sorry we're going to miss that at the final table. Anyway, we'll take our final break. A couple other things to touch on, some local news, and uh, uh, we'll again uh, preview uh, another topic that we'll cover in future show uh, that I got uh, via, via email. So we'll talk about some of that when we return. Uh, final segment coming up. You're listening to Poker Action Line here. And uh, don't forget, pick us all up on uh, our website. You can go back and look at any of the uh, uh, shows all the way back to 2010, a lot of guests and that sort of thing. So we'll be back. Uh, with this show for a conclusion when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Dave and Joe, Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Welcome back to the program. This is the final segment of the show tonight. And uh, I did want to mention once again that next week we will talk about, well, I can't promise for sure it'll be next week because we'll be wrapping up the main event depending on uh, the stuff that we have to talk to talk about uh, after we'll see how much you get to see of it. But uh, should be some really interesting stuff. But sometime over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about uh, these numbers from uh, one of our listeners sent in uh, with kind of an analysis of um, what's happening here in South Florida, whether the aisle down a little bit, the Magic City doing a great job up took advantage of some of the problems at Hylia Park. Of course, we got uh, Miami Hot Eye closing in the last year and a half. Uh, Florida City opening a small table way down south. Mikasuki kind of disappearing off the map, although we don't have a big uh, uh, 
production of their numbers and that sort of thing. But all kinds of things happening here in South Florida, and uh, we'll kind of talk about that at some point over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, listen, I, I have my theory as to why those numbers are the way they are. Um, believe it or not, even though they are some of them are down, they're still very impressive numbers. Yeah. But to be honest, what we need is online poker here, damn it. I concur. <laughs> uh, New Jersey closing in on the $600 million mark since they started back in 2003. Uh, and, uh, just you mean 13, right? 2013. What did I say, three? Two, three, yeah. Uh, 2013. And uh, in November uh, they started, uh, so it was late in that year. But they have uh, generated uh, some $20 million uh, just in the month of June. Uh, so doing getting bigger all the time and you know there was one time they seemed to be dropping off but they have uh, they have produced something like 104 million dollars of tax revenue for the state of new jersey over the last uh, three years or so yeah and this is something that could happen in just about in every single state you know i don't understand why why we have to keep jumping through hoops but it's it's a very encouraging, Dave, that these numbers are as good as they are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did want to mention some of the news. Uh, World Series of Poker has announced their international sec uh, circuit schedule. Uh, they're going to be playing in several different countries around the world, and that uh, continues to grow there. Uh, some of the regular locations, but a couple of new ones there. Uh, they'll kick it off in August, August 2nd through the 8th in Argentina and then move on to Rotterdam, Holland, and Campione, Italy for the whole schedule through uh, through the spring. How big will that be if Damien Salas happens to take down the main event yeah, going absolutely. to Argentina? Yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling they, they, the numbers would be <laughs> off the charts there. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, also, I uh, wanted to mention some news from the WPT. didn't want to leave them out uh, as they have named now uh, Berlin, Germany, as the location for their European Championship, that will be in January, January 5th through the 15th at the Spielbank Casino in Berlin. And uh, there'll be several other big tournaments there. Uh, for a while there, uh, they weren't televising a lot of the European events. I guess, obviously, uh, expensive to produce to produce some of those things. But uh, we'll see uh, what happens on that as far as, uh, you know, over the next few years because they seem to have refocused on a lot of the European crowd. And as we see these players come over to the United States and play in the World Series, it's... Uh, it's truly a worldwide event. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and that that lineup is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, want to mention that the Seminole Hard Rock uh, Poker Open starts on August the third. They will be uh, playing through the fifteenth. The fifteenth will be the big day of the Big Four, where the four top final tables of those huge events will all be uh, live streamed by the Poker Night in America crew. Look forward to that as they uh, head back to town here. Also part of that series is, I uh, want to mention the Jeff Conine Celebrity Classic, uh, which has been at the Isle in the past in different places, uh, but will be at the Hard Rock this year on uh, August the 7th. And uh, if you're a local player here in South Florida and you're interested in meeting a lot of the big-name players, there will be quite a few of them that will play in this event, and some celebrities as well. Um, they have, uh, uh, there will be like 30000 in cash and prizes on the line, and it's the sixth annual event for the Conine uh, group. It uh, benefits the uh, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital and will be on Monday, August the 7th. They have a pre-party that starts in the uh, L Bar or right outside of Curo there at 5 p.m. The tournament starts at 7. 
Jeff obviously will be there. Uh, my good friend Dave Lamont has been a kind of an MC of the event for a couple of times, and I, I'm sure he probably will be involved this year if he's not doing something else. But uh, certainly draws a lot of good people, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, we are set up for the November 9 uh, television coverage where you can catch it all. Uh, they will be showing all of the action for the final table. Uh, I don't think we're going to have anything till 3 or 4 in the morning like we did a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, they have uh, set it up to play from 9 to 6 on Thursday night on ESPN2. Then ESPN will take the reins uh, Friday and Saturday going from 6 to 3 and 3 to oh, champion. Uh, the next two days. So a lot of fun with some interesting players that we have now come to grow and love. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for me, the final table has always been the most exciting, you know, because I love the production and how they have everything prepped up. And I honestly believe it's going to be even more interesting this year without the, 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 the four months of preparation that the, that the players have. So I think it'll lend itself to even more exciting play. Yeah, players from all over the world, so it's going to draw people from their home countries. Uh, you got an old guy that uh, has the least experience. you got young guys with a lot of experience and are coming back again for a second time in Ben Lamb and uh, Antoine Saoud. So uh, should be tremendous. Uh, first prize, $8.15 million. Uh, Life-changing money, obviously, all the way up and down the line. But uh, first player limited, eliminated will get a million dollars. It uh, goes up to 1.2, 1 1.425, 1.675. I'm trying to remember who the person was that we had on the show, and I don't know if it was Bernard Lee or somebody else, but uh, and, and see how that takes effect now, how he expects it to be a little bit more crazier because the jump in pay isn't that great, so you're 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 more than... You know. Not for the first couple spots, is that right? So they're so they believe. I'm trying to remember who the guest was that said there should be a lot more action in the yeah. very beginning of it because the jump isn't that big. The thing is to try to get into you know at least fifth or si or fourth place, where you know now the significant money is more than doubled what you would have had there. So yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll find out which uh, which one of these guys is going to put his name out there on the uh, and pick up the big uh, diamond bracelet. Uh, Put his name alongside Greg Greg Raymer, Jamie Gold, Joe Hashem, uh, P.S. Hines, Greg Merson, Ryan Reese. People have run it lately. Not to mention the Stu Ongers, Phil Hellmuth, Absolutely. Josh. Absolutely, <laughs> from years ago. So uh, we look forward to catching all the action and talking about it next week on the program. And then uh, we'll get some lined-up guests for the, for the fall. And uh, we'll also, in the next couple of weeks, talk about the Florida poker scene and uh, how that ranks financially uh, around the area. So that's going to do it for our program. Thank you, Joe, for helping out on the controls and Geo as well. Uh, Joe, thank you for driving down, uh, driving up from Kendall and, uh, and uh, joining the show and your contributions, always a huge part of the program. We'll be back with our show next week. Uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you then. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.